Greetings and welcome to A Voice for the Voiceless, a podcast about endangered species. I'm your host, Jenny Sisler, coming to you at 8.48 p.m. on Monday, December 5th, 2022, from a beautiful but soon-to-be-soaking-wet Sunderland, Massachusetts. I think I knew it was going to rain before the weather forecaster told me because my shoulder has been flaring up again. But hey, my body is a more accurate weather forecaster than anyone who gets paid to do it by Jim Cantori. So, and for those of you who don't know, Jim Cantori is quite a famous weather forecaster on the Weather Channel here in the United States. And I think he's personally my father's hero for whatever reason. But anyway, um, everything is going well. The reason I didn't record last week is because our internet was dead. Um... We do not have the inter- the internet service through our apartment because it would just quite frankly make the already bad rent even more exorbitant. So we have our internet service through Verizon and every once in a while, it's almost like clockwork, every three to four months, we have to call Verizon because the internet will go out and they don't even have to come in the apartment. They do something to the box the junction box on the telephone pole outside and then it works better than it's ever worked for at least the next few months. So um, our internet was completely dead last week and I didn't have the ability to post a recording. But it actually works out better that I'm able to record tonight because yesterday was World Cheetah Day. So tonight I wanted to tell you a little bit about the cheetah. A fascinating creature, one of the most fascinating cats on earth, in my opinion, honestly, and uh, tell you a little bit about them and and why they're on the verge of extinction. Um, so, of course, we've all seen pictures of cheetahs, but um, their characteristics make them completely unique, completely physically unique in the feline world. Um, They have very long legs relative to the size of their body. Uh, They have a small head relative to the size of their body with a very long neck. Um, They have foot pads that are specialized for traction when running. So um, that makes them unique. Uh, They have a long tail, which helps them balance when they run. And they're the only wild cat that does not have retractable claws. And that's because it's on, their claws are almost like soccer cleats. It helps them have traction when they run. And they also have black stripes on the inside of their eyes, which is the equivalent of a football player wearing eye black to reduce glare. Um, they're relatively compact cats. They uh, weigh between 45 and 160 pounds. And they're only between 45 to 60 inches long, so very compact and very muscular. Uh, They stand about 30 inches tall, and their gestation period is only three months. I think most human females who have ever had a child would envy only being pregnant for three months. But what fascinates me the most about the cheetah is its lifestyle. Uh, They are solitary animals, but the males live in groups that are called coalitions. And a coalition of cheetahs is made up of both related and unrelated males. And the related males will play and groom each other and interact much more than the unrelated males do. Um, But 
a male cheetah does not have to join a coalition. They uh, do, there are large groups of cheetahs, of male cheetahs that live on their own, and those cheetahs are called nomads. And if you're wondering about the females, all the females are nomads. They do not live in coalitions at all, and they are the ones solely responsible for raising the cubs. Um, sometimes the males will hang around with the female um, when he's first trying to attract her attention and mate with her, but after she um, has a child, she's on her own. And the interesting thing is that it does take a while to teach a cheetah cub how to hunt, but eventually the females will bring a small live antelope back to the den where the cubs are to teach them how to chase and kill a, a an animal. Um, and the way they do kill their prey is when they, by the time they are able to run it down, they just dispatch it very quickly with one swift bite to the throat. Um, they're actually very timid and very concerned about predators. So they will kill an animal very quickly and then eat it very quickly because, you know, with their head on a swivel looking for predators in all directions. <coughs> Excuse me. And in order to hunt, they can run between 60 and 75 miles an hour. And as we all know, the cheetah is the fastest animal on earth. However, it can't sustain that type of speed for very long without overheating. So that's why most of their hunts fail. Um, they used to live in ranges that covered pretty much all of Africa and most of Asia. But because they have been driven to near extinction, uh, they are predominantly limited to the countries of Angola, Namibia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Mozambique, and South Africa, with a few very isolated pockets of cheetahs in East Africa, in uh, Kenya. And there's practically no Asian cheetahs anymore. The only, the only cheetahs that live in India right now are eight that were uh, sent from Namibia, from a conservation effort in Namibia to India. And other than that, there's no cheetahs in Asia except for one small pocket of about 50 individuals in a very isolated spot in Iran. And of course that could change if politics in Iran get such that there's a civil war. Uh, but let's hope that doesn't happen on many, many fronts. Um, so there's about 6,600 at last count in the wild. And the sad statistic is that the current cheetah population could decline another 53% in the next 15 years which would take it down to under 3,000 worldwide. So there are immense conservation efforts underway. But you may wonder how an animal that can run 75 miles an hour, how it's almost extinct. And of course, humans, stupid humans, we're the reason. Uh, the predominant threat to cheetahs is human-wildlife conflict. Um, but also the loss of habitat and the illegal wildlife trade also are contributing factors to ex its near extinction. And um, they have a very small genetic pool, 
because uh, I didn't write down the number. I should have written down the number to give you the specific, specific statistic. But at the last ice age, uh, about 75% of all life on Earth was wiped out. And the survivors, the cheetah survivors, there were very few of them. And so as they repopulated the species, it narrowed the gene pool down to such a degree that now they do suffer from quite a few genetic deficiencies and illnesses that keep their population numbers small. But that's still a small factor in their near extinction. The primary factor is human-wildlife conflict. And I found this very interesting, and I guess I never thought about how um, difficult it can be to have nucleus breeding herds in certain areas in, of the world with certain animals. But you would think, okay, well, if this many cheetahs are dying and they're supposed to, the numbers were supposed to fall off by half in the next 15 years, why don't you just put them in a reserve? Well, cheetahs don't do well in reserves because usually the ones that they are put in also are home to other uh, large cats. Uh, leopards, lions, and hyenas um, are wild dogs, of course, as you know. Um, and these animals all compete with cheetahs for the same food source. And they also, when food is scarce, prey on cheetahs. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you have cheetahs in a game reserve and then you have these other big cats, it's a very big threat to the cubs. So it's not conducive to helping repopulate the cheetah species to have them in reserves. So they live on private lands. And of course, that's where the human wildlife conflict comes into play, because if they cannot get enough of their natural prey then of course they're going to go after livestock and what happens when they go after livestock farmers get pissed off and they kill the cheetahs um you know and i did see a question in my research that says well why should we care about saving cheetahs anyway well they're apex predators and if they start disappearing it creates what's called a trophic cascade which is basically what i have said before the domino effect you take one animal out of the ecosystem and the whole the rest of it can fall apart. Um, basically, you know, it would create all manner of havoc in an ecosystem because then you would have, if you take away an apex predator, then the prey that they feed on runs rampant. There would be rampant numbers of herbivores and then that would create um, soil erosion problems which would lead to uh, drought conditions. I mean, the whole thing is just a giant fiasco when a, when a um, species goes extinct. Uh, so how can we protect them if we can't put them in preserves and, and on wildlife reserves? Well, there are groups like the African Wildlife Fund, uh, Panthera and Cheetah Conservation Fund Canada, and what they're doing is very similar to what people like Stephanie Powers are doing in Kenya. They run educational programs and school outreach to teach school children about why these animals are important and why we need to protect them. They also are supporting livestock guard dog programs throughout Africa so that um, you know, farmers can still have their livestock and feel that their livelihood is safe and secure from predators. 
without having to take drastic measures to keep the cheetahs off their land. And much the same way there's Future Farmers of America, there is an organization called Future Farmers of Africa, and these different charitable organizations are working with the Future Farmers of Africa to, again, educate people on human-wildlife conflict and how to protect their livestock and their livelihoods without having to resort to feeding the cheetahs. Um, so one uh, website that I highly recommend is the Pantera website. If you are interested in more information and how to share uh, information with others on your social media accounts, if I can ever get my Twitter account back up, I am going to definitely be spreading the word about big cat conservation with the help of Panthera. Um, that is a whole other story for a completely different kind of podcast, but I've been shut out of Twitter since the end of September, so I appealed, and hopefully Elon Musk will find, it, find my appeal sometime before the pick of never because I definitely want to get back to putting my podcast notices and my blog post notices up on my social media, but I can't at the moment. But it's P-A-N-T-H-E-R-A dot org, and they have quite, quite a few uh, resources that you can share with others to get the word out about why these cats are important. And it's not just the cheetah that Panthera works on behalf of, tigers and bobcats and leopards and jaguars. So if you're interested in big cat preservation, I would definitely recommend that website as a way to get started. And it's a very good resource that I highly recommend because not only animals need 